0: You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. And on this edition of our podcast, I've got one guest, Roy Williams, the North Carolina head coach, the Hall of Famer, on the verge of having his name inscribed on the Smith Center Court. It's really a humbling experience for Roy. This is someone who went to North Carolina, ended up being an assistant coach, idolized Dean Smith, never, ever thought he was going to be the head coach at North Carolina, let alone win national championships, and see his name on the court. He has continued the tradition for the Tar Heels of excellence. Uh, There was a little bit of a turbulent time, certainly during the investigation into academic fraud at the entire university, did involve the athletic department, and uh, Roy Williams, you know, for years, was basically saying that he did not think the athletic department, excuse me, the men's basketball program, would certainly get hit by it. So let's deal... With what he's done on the court and the way he has developed, I think, incredibly high character individuals that have come through that program. So, you know, Roy has produced countless times teams that have competed for the national championship, for the ACC championship. He's had the mix of one and done, two and done type guys, plus four year guys. You know, this run that they were on the last couple years, where they lost at the buzzer to Villanova in the national championship game, Marcus Page hits the three to tie it, and then Chris Jenkins from Villanova wins it, to then turn around, come back the next year, and led by Joel Berry, win the national championship in a game against Gonzaga, I thought that was one of the greatest turnarounds we've seen in the modern era in terms of losing to winning the year after. Um, you know, he's put together, uh, because you have to remember, it was a bit of a rocky time when he took over after Matt Doherty. The program, uh, I wouldn't say it, it it dropped, but it was not at the elite, elite level that it was on a consensus basis. Certainly Matt Doherty recruited the guys that ultimately... Helped win the national championship in 2005 that Roy Williams coached. Followed that up again in 09 with a national championship. That came in Detroit with a crushed Michigan State. The 05 was over Illinois. And then that national championship two seasons ago with the victory over Gonzaga. And this team has a legit shot to get back to the Final Four again. And I think you're going to see that. I don't see him retiring anytime soon because he's got this thing rolling just like Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, John Calipari, Kentucky. You know, I I think Roy is in his sweet spot right now where why would you want to do anything else? He gets to golf, lives in an area he loves, does have the right balance in life. He's got a staff that's loyal that stays, and they continue to recruit high-character guys that love the Carolina way, his incredible alumni kinship, So uh, I, I don't see him stepping down at any time soon. And now to add to the Hall of Fame, you're going to have your name on the court and a team that consistently, I think, will compete for the prize, the ultimate prize in college basketball. So here's my conversation with North Carolina head coach, the Hall of Famer, Roy Williams. Now joining me here on March Madness 365, North Carolina Hall of Fame head coach Roy Williams. And, Roy, you had an incredible honor uh, that has been bestowed on some other coaches from your generation around the country. Uh, The court at the Smith Center will have your name on it. Uh, when When they approached you and told you that uh that's what they wanted to do what was your first reaction
2: well andy it was hard i mean uh you know me a little bit i'm old-fashioned as old school as you can possibly be it was uh it was a little emotional for me it still is it's hard to talk about it's uh it was very flattering and uh i didn't tell my family immediately i waited a few days and uh Uh, but uh, it's sort of, it's needless to say, out now around the world kind of thing, but I talked to my family a little bit about it uh, this weekend, for example. uh, But it is, it's very flattering, and uh, to have my name on the court inside the building named for Coach Smith, is uh, that's pretty special, Andy.
1: So you were there as an assistant, you went to school there, you left then came back. In your wildest dreams, did you ever for a second think that at some point you could have some sort of Carolina legacy to this extent?
2: No. <laughs> Not in the slightest uh thought process uh andy i just wanted to be like my high school coach who was really really important to me and made me feel good was the first person to give me confidence and make me feel like i could do somebody i wouldn't i don't even know if i would have even gone to college if it hadn't been for my high school coach so and then you know all of a sudden coach smith asked me to come and be one of his assistant coaches and uh, that was for 10 years, and I would have been content to uh, to have done that for 30 more years. It would not have bothered me at all, and uh, I never had the idea of replacing uh, Coach Smith. I never had the idea of being the head coach at, at North Carolina. They were some schools that I talked to and were offered jobs, but it never just felt right. And then all of a sudden, uh, Coach Smith was able to convince the people at Kansas that that was right. And I had a great, great time there, great friends, great uh Allen Fieldhouse. How can you be any better than that? And, and uh, when I said no to North Carolina in 2000, I never thought that would come back again. And that was okay. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it's just uh, the way things have worked out. So, no, there was no, <laughs> there was no plan by Roy Williams. I just knew I had a backup that if I. If I didn't uh, work out in the coaching profession, I could mow greens on a golf course because I've I've seen people do that enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Roy, I mean, we've actually known each other a long, I mean, this goes back over 20 years, I'm obviously, uh, you know, dating myself as well, so I I, I feel like I've known you for a long time, and I think back to the Kansas days, and and what you just mentioned, I know you've talked about before, but, uh, you know, in that era... How much of a gamble was it, do you think, for Kansas to hire an assistant coach, even though, even assistant coach at North Carolina endorsed by Dean Smith? At that time, how much of a gamble was that, you think?
2: Oh, I think it was a tremendous gamble. Bob Frederick, the AD, uh, he had the belief he had listened to Coach Smith and he had listened to Coach Dick Harp, who was on our staff here, who had played at Kansas, who had been Doc Allen's assistant, uh, had been head coach. Uh, You know, he listened to those people. And then Chancellor Gene Butig trusted Bob. But, no, I still remember it, and we laugh about it a lot, Andy, is that, Bob Frederick's wife, Margie, who's great friends with my wife, Wanda, and and me, too. Uh, she two nights before she said, "You are not going to hire that no-name assistant <laughs> from North Carolina." <laughs> you know, so there's some some humorous things. But no, I think it was a great gamble. Bob Frederick was taking his uh, his profession. You know, he was an athletic director, and if that hadn't worked out quickly, uh, he would no longer have been an athletic director. Basketball is so important at Kansas. If it hadn't worked out you know, Chancellor Beauty would have been in trouble. Uh, so I think it was a tremendous uh, risk, and it boiled down to one is that uh, Bob Frederick said many times that he had a feeling that I had the, uh, the qualities that he really wanted as a head coach at Kansas and felt like it would be successful. But uh, it was a big-time gamble on his part.
1: You know, maybe Rick Pitino with Louisville and Kentucky, but I would put Kansas and North Carolina obviously above uh, those two schools when when having, like, two of the – top five jobs in the country no offense louisville i wouldn't put them in that group but when you compare the two jobs that you've had in college basketball the two blue bloods two of the blue bloods two of the top five in the country how would you compare those two jobs that you've been fortunate to have
2: well they're so similar and yet different as well but it's a uh... You know, it's it's so crazy. I had one guy tell me, I said, Coach, you've only coached at uh, uh, Kansas and North Carolina. And I said, no, let me back up a little bit. I was a high school coach for five years. I was the part-time assistant for eight years. I coached the JV team and the varsity practices twice a day, every day for eight years. And I said, so I didn't just grow up and all of a sudden say, you know, I think I'll be the head coach at Kansas. But I've been very Very fortunate to say the least to be at two places where basketball is extremely important. The history, the, the tradition at both places, and and let's be honest, I would not have been the coach at Kansas if Coach Smith hadn't played at Kansas and and been one of their favorite sons. And and I even asked Coach Smith, uh, I think it was two days before, it might have been the day before I left. I said, "Are you sure you want to do this to your alma mater?" <laughs> so it uh, he put me in my place pretty quickly after I said something like that, but. There there are two places where their history and the tradition that they have is there's a couple of other schools there with them, but there's nobody above North Carolina and Kansas. And to do it and to do it successfully for such a long time – to such fantastic fans and alumni that really do treasure the program and the successes that the programs have. I think it's hard to match any any two other programs in the country. And I've said it, you know, there's some programs there with us, but there's nobody above those two.
1: In terms of recruiting – Obviously, the name stands out. You don't have to sort of educate a recruit on the name Kansas and North Carolina. Over the last you know, three decades or whatever, what have been those challenges in terms of getting the talent to you to where then you could coach it, obviously, at the national championship level?
2: Well, you know, at Kansas, it was hard for us at that time. Now, Bill Self has done a better job of it, of being able to go back east. But we strictly stayed in the Midwest and and, and went west. Needless to say, to California, you saw me out there. I was in California more than I was in any other state in the world there for 15 years. But uh, uh, that's where we recruited. And, and now here, we still recruited the entire country here at North Carolina, a little more so than I did at Kansas. But over the past several years, we've... We've limited ourselves to the eastern part of the United States and into the Midwest because if for somebody to go from one coast to another coast, you've got to pass a lot of really good schools. You've got to fly over a lot of really good schools. And so we have established relations uh, more so in the eastern part of the country and in the Midwest, Texas up through, you know, all the way up to Iowa with uh, Marcus Page and Harrison Barnes, those kind of places. But both places can recruit nationally. Uh, I felt like it was harder for us to go east when I was at Kansas uh, than I do at any other place, but uh, they both, you know, it's great schools, great programs to promote, great programs to sell, and and we've been, you know, we've been okay. We've been pretty successful. You
1: know, your staff, uh, you've had obviously assistants that have become head coaches, but it feels like there's, I don't know if it's loyalty, it's quality of life. Why is it that you've been able to keep, for the most part, your staffs intact, uh, where a lot of these assistant coaches haven't maybe sought other head coaching jobs but are very you know, content in staying put? In obviously, one of the best assistant jobs in the country.
2: Well, I think you said it to yourself there. They are extremely loyal. I, I try to be extremely loyal to them. I try to help them uh, when they do see a job that they're very interested in. And whether it was Matt Darty leaving to Notre Dame or Neil Darty going to TCU or uh, Jerry Green going to Oregon and then to Tennessee, we've had some of those. But, you know, Joe Holiday was with me for 20 years. Steve Robinson now has been with me for, for 23 years. Brad Frederick's father's one at hired me in Kansas. He was my son's best man and in my son's wedding. Hubert Davis was the last year I was an assistant in North Carolina. was He was the last player I recruited for North Carolina. So I think a couple of things. It's both programs, Kansas and North Carolina, and particularly North Carolina now because I've been here the last 15 years. I mean, North Carolina is Hubert Davis's home. It's Brad Frederick's home. It's Steve Robinson's home. and I think that uh, all those guys have really enjoyed the partnership that we've had with the student athletes and that we have with each other. And I do try to make them feel good all the time, try to make them feel uh, important all the time, but it's so easy to do because I've got the best staff, uh, you know, any coach can say that, but I think I've got the best staff and say it with more conviction than anybody else. But I think that uh, I'm always pushing, enjoy your life, enjoy every day. And I think that uh, uh, for Joe Holiday, an example, and Steve Robinson, I think they've really uh, chosen to do that because they both could have had opportunities to go other places.
1: And how would you describe the kinship that the alums in terms of basketball alums have with each other and then the way in which sometimes they'll mentor and foster your current players in terms of coming back and always continuing that sort of that Carolina uh you know uh, mentorship kinship with each other
2: well I do think that coach Smith started that Frank McGuire was a great coach and and won a national championship and had the pipeline from New York City or the railroad but uh, Coach Smith really started the family feeling of you being important to us right now. You'll be important to us five years from now. And ten years from now, our current players will be important to you. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, uh, I did help recruit James Worthy, and he helped recruit Michael Jordan, and he helped recruit Brad Darty, and he helped recruit – J.R. Reed and it goes on down the line and so now when we have a reunion, uh, Marcus Page is in there and he's got a guy that feels like he helped recruit him because are uh, former players, it really is a family and I think there's other schools in the country that Do the same thing, have adopted it, but not for the length of period of time and for the fully complete feeling that uh, Coach Smith started here, and and I've just been uh, trying my best to uh, to keep the thing going.
1: Before we look at this team coming up, the last couple of years, where you were able for the most part to keep this core group intact. Uh, where you, you know, played for a national championship, losing at the buzzer to Villanova, turning around, winning at the next season against Gonzaga. It just feels like the last couple of years, you guys, Villanova, you know, Michigan to some extent, Gonzaga, but especially you guys in Villanova, being able to keep these sort of the core experience group together. Um, what what have you noticed as to, why that was, you know, happened with you guys, and maybe if it's a little bit of a trend where those kinds of teams are the ones that are getting most recently to the Final Four.
2: Well, I think, you know, everybody wants talent, but if you can't have talent, you want experience. And if you can have experienced talent, you're going to win. <laughs> but I think with us, we had a tough stretch there for about four years that we tried to get some of those other guys and could never get them. But we were able to secure some kids who really were gifted. There's a lot of good players out there. And they really bought into, at this moment, at this hour, at these next two and a half hours, our game here at North Carolina against, you name it, is the most important thing going on in the world. And they felt like that they would still reach their dreams and goals. And, you know, with Kentucky and Duke, they, they've they done a better job of it than anybody else. And But I did. I tried to get some of those guys. I don't want a whole team full because I like some guys that I'm going to be around for a long, long time. And I think those guys – are the best leaders, and I think that's that's what it's been for us is, you know, the Marcus Pages, the Joel berrys the Justin Jacksons, Theo Pinson. Those guys have been the, the best leaders, and there's so many really good players. Those guys were really good, too. It's just that they weren't the top five or top ten that's getting ready to go to the NBA after one year, but I think as you use that example, you said Gonzaga and Villanova, too, those guys – are very good, but when you have experienced talent and they get everybody on the same page, perhaps veterans may be quicker than freshmen. I think that's an important part of it.
1: When you first recruited Luke May, what do you think was his ceiling?
2: He's he's gone past it, and I, I'm being honest. I mean, you know, everybody said, "Oh boy, you've done a great job." I mean, that kid has put more sweat in the gym than anybody I've ever known. I thought he had a chance to be a really good player. I kept telling his dad when he was like in the seventh or eighth grade, I said, don't sell him short because he has a chance. He has a chance to play at this level because he could shoot. He had great hands. He understood how to play, and I knew that he would work very hard. Now, I did not know that he would work at the level that he has done, and that seriously is not coaching. That's the sweat that the young man has put in. But uh, And then as time went on, I thought not only is he going to have a chance, he's going to have a chance to be a good player. And, uh, uh, you know, we were able to get him to say he wanted to come even when I didn't have a scholarship, but one did come available. And needless to say, it was, it's pretty well funded right now by everything he's already given back.
1: Uh, Nasir Little, obviously, he's going to come in with a lot of hype. You've had plenty of guys that have come in with those kind of expectations. Uh, in what way will he impact the team next season?
2: Well, Nasir and Leakey and Kobe, all three freshmen, are going to be good players, and all three of them will have a, have an effect on this year's team. Uh, Nasir and Kobe really can score, and I mean, really can score. And uh, Nasir is so athletic. Kobe is so his mindset; is he attacks so much. Leaky's been hurt a little bit, but you're talking about a guy that's six eight who can legitimately be a point guard. So those three guys are helpful in us because they're going to give us that youthful exuberance and enthusiasm but also they have they have talent and uh they'll be extremely important to us we we leave next week uh wednesday of next week i guess it is to go down to nassau and for a short week and we'll have four practices before we go down and play a couple of games and and i do it more for team building than anything else, but uh, I'm going to enjoy having those kids, and uh, they're going to make me look good, uh, like I've had so many kids do, and I've already told them I'm going to appreciate it.
1: You know, at the point guard position, or lead guard, Marcus Page to Joel Berry, you've had that guy that you can rely on because he's been with you for a couple of years. What's going to, especially on this trip coming up to the Bahamas, what are you hoping to figure out as to who that person will be that you can trust, you know, having the ball in his hands uh, quite a bit?
2: Well, you know, Seventh Woods has been here longer. the tough thing is, in these two years he's been here, he has not been completely healthy a a single week, and that's been a shame for him because he is very gifted, but Seventh is going to get the opportunity, but uh, Kobe's going to have the opportunity as well. And, and then you have Leakey, and you also have K.J. Smith, who got better for us last year as a walk-on. But it's going to be some competition, and it might be the most interesting competition I've had since uh, Ty Lawson came along with Bobby Fraser, or Kendall Marshall came along behind Larry Drew.
1: And finally, on the backboard, where's your... your faith in terms of you know who you feel most comfortable will be able to rebound at both ends of the court
2: well you know last year our biggest problem is we couldn't score close to the basket and we couldn't defend close to the basket and that's been the emphasis for all four of our big guys and uh sterling manley plays the looks the part and he's got to be do it more consistently garrison brooks is not quite as big but is more sound fundamentally and then you got huff and and walker miller who give you some size so i'm sitting back because uh i'm of disbelief i don't think coaches decide who starts i think players do and one of those guys has got to step up and uh, maybe two of them but i don't know who it's going to be but uh, i'm certainly going to keep my eyes and ears open for them
1: and the last thing roy is the schedule wherever you've been kansas carolina you never shy away it's never an issue oh they don't have a good non-conference schedule you always have a great one again this year the four teams in vegas over the Thanksgiving time, it's you guys: Michigan State, Texas, UCLA. You've got Gonzaga coming there. You're actually going to return that game next year. Um, you know, consistently, you've always had an elite schedule. How do you assess the one you've put together with this group?
2: Maybe the hardest we've ever had, Andy. I mean, you, you have Kentucky, and then, as you said, going to Vegas with uh, Michigan State, UCLA, Texas, and then playing Gonzaga, playing at Michigan in the ACC Big Ten. Oh,
1: and by the way, at Wofford and at Elon. And
2: I started to say, at the ACC schedule, but my staff's already mad at me because we're opening up at Elon and at Wofford, helping them uh, dedicate some openings and new buildings. But I think this the last four years our schedule by the NCAA Tournament Committee has been in the top ten of the country four straight years And even when it was before that, I think it was like 21 or something. But uh, we've always tried to play a really difficult schedule, but this may be the most difficult we've ever had.
1: Well, Roy, I appreciate it. Have a great trip to the Bahamas, and congratulations once again for having your name on the court. It's an honor uh, that is definitely deserved, and I know it'll be an emotional time for you when you finally see it there on the floor at the Smith Center.
2: It will be. You know, I have my family with me, but that'll be uh, extremely emotional, but it'll be something that... uh, Uh, I'll be able to look at my grandsons and my son and daughter and my wife and know that they've paid a tremendous price for that, too. But, uh, Andy, thank you for your comments and uh, look forward to seeing you down the road.
1: And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. As always, you can listen to March Madness 365 at NCAA.com or subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts. And please be sure to leave us a rating and review while you're there. You can always find us on Google Home and Amazon Alexa. Just say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google play the March Madness 365 podcast and as always you can find our podcasts on our all March Madness social media platforms at NCAA.com as well I'm Andy Katz thanks for listening
0: matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express you breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet this is gonna be good see how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex, don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required, benefits vary by card and by venue terms apply